Chapter Twenty of Prodigal Daughters by Joseph Hawking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kate Fallis. Chapter Twenty The Spirit of the Age. The Colonel and his wife were sitting alone together in their house at Hampstead. John, although it was getting late, had not yet returned the servants had gone to bed and the house was very silent thank god we've each other darling said mrs trelawney nestling close to her husband yes we have each other replied the colonel and john he added i wonder why the boy is so late i knew he would be late replied mrs trelawney he told me so mr davenport has asked him to his house to-night he wanted to talk with him about his invention john's a grand boy alice he atones for a good deal yes said mrs trelawney with a sigh and to think that-but that's john's voice in the hall now he has some one with him i wonder who it is hello dad cried john as he entered the room here's rod ravenscroft i met him just now as i was crossing the heath and made him come in rod my boy said the colonel heartily i'm glad to see you you're quite a stranger yes replied ravenscroft somewhat awkwardly i've been away you see i practice on the northern circuit and i have had some cases at manchester and won them laughed the colonel i did very well sir thank you replied the young barrister plenty of briefs oh they're coming in fairly well although i could do with more still i mustn't grumble dad tells me that my success is almost phenomenal ravenscroft could not help being rather restrained in his manner he remembered what he had said to the colonel when he was there last and he had heard what had happened since so far the affair had not become a matter of common gossip but ravenscroft had been informed that peggy had been married to barnes and that eleanor no longer lived in her father's house the colonel too felt sensitive he wondered how much the young man knew and bearing in mind ravenscroft's hopes in relation to eleanor he decided to speak freely the girls are not here he said do you know why i suppose so sir i'm very sorry perhaps i ought to explain to you fully said the colonel please don't sir if if it pains you i know how you must feel and and i'm not altogether surprised no you knew something then nothing definite sir both john and mrs trelawney had for the moment left the room and ravenscroft went on nervously i met miss trelawney shortly after i was here last sir I went very near making a declaration, but I, I didn't quite. No? No, sir. 
i dare say i was very foolish but i couldn't help telling miss trelawney what i thought of her friend that woman corey i couldn't believe she was her friend and i asked her if she agreed with what the creature said about marriage yes that and other things and it led to our parting rather coolly i thought i ought to tell you sir of course it was a great presumption on my part i ought to have known she didn't care anything about me but but i understand my boy it has all been a very great blow to me however there it is we live in a topsy-turvy age i wonder sometimes what we are coming to by the way john looks rather serious to-night is anything the matter i wonder yes sir i think there's some trouble at the works ah here he is he'll be able to tell you himself there's going to be a strike dad said john in answer to the colonel's interrogation what another yes i don't know yet whether it's to become general or not but as you know our firm employs a lot of men in addition to our place in london we have big works in coventry and birmingham and from what i can find out all the engineers are going out on strike the colonel sighed well we are living in pretty bad times the two young men and the colonel discussed the situation for half an hour or so then ravenscroft rose to go wait a minute rod said the colonel i'll walk with you i feel as though the house will stifle me both of them seemed ill at ease and no word passed between them for several minutes when they had reached the open heath however the colonel spoke is this trouble of mine known among our friends he asked i don't think so sir i have never heard any one say anything about it but then as i told you i have been away from home how did you know then my mother told me i don't know how she came to hear of it the colonel sighed bitterly i'm awfully sorry for you colonel went on ravenscroft of course this kind of thing is constantly happening in these days runaway marriages are the order of the day and i have been told of any number of girls who refuse to live at home of course you remember that fellow barnes you saw him at my house yes replied ravenscroft i was rather surprised of course you were answered the colonel he did not offer any explanation however indeed he was angry with himself for having mentioned the matter at all they walked together in silence for some time after this then the colonel broke out almost angrily of course you have given up all thoughts of what you spoke to me about i've had to sir i could see eleanor cared nothing for me and i was a fool not to know it before besides again there was a silence and ravenscroft seemed to be thinking how to end the sentence yes said the colonel 
don't be afraid to speak plainly i shall quite understand even if she did care for me i'm afraid i could not introduce a friend of that woman cory and one holding her views to my mother as my promised wife forgive me sir ravenscroft appeared to have a difficulty in speaking his voice was hard and his words came awkwardly yes yes i understand but this must not make any difference to your friendship with john i hope not sir and remember went on the colonel i shall be always glad to see you at the house thank you sir and i shall be glad to come i'm awfully fond of her still sir in fact i have had rather a bad time over the matter it's not only because she doesn't care for me but somehow it has altered my ideas of women the colonel was silent you see went on ravenscroft i have a kind of belief that when a man ceases to idealize women he is very much poorer morally i mean i suppose i'm pretty much like other young fellows and have all sorts of temptations but i've tried to keep straight in fact as i told you i have kept straight i think i idealized eleanor and it helped me but when i heard her listen with approval to what tamsin cory said and when she told me that the woman was her dearest friend my ideal seemed to be shattered i don't know if you understand sir yes i understand as you may well imagine the whole thing is bitter to me god only knows how bitter but after all i hope it's only a phase the girl is simply caught up with the tide of feeling that is sweeping the country i believe that deep down in her heart she despises such women as tamsin cory and all her sayings and doings ravenscroft was silent for a few seconds i hope i'm not narrow or unreasonable he then said and of course like every other fellow who has been in the army i have had a shaking up these last few years past but i have always held old-fashioned views about women you see my mother has been a great deal to me sir and i simply couldn't think of her smoking and drinking liquors and talking like so many of the girls of to-day talk of course there may be no harm in these things yet i don't like them no replied the colonel neither do i and yet these things have their meaning they are symptoms symptoms of what asked ravenscroft symptoms of the spirit of the age and it's not a good spirit there are thousands of girls i suppose whom this kind of thing doesn't affect either one way or the other but what troubles me is that they are symptoms of the general lowering of moral standards we may sneer at the puritanism of the past and say that it was accompanied by great hypocrisy but from what i can gather it was infinitely better than the immodesty of to-day which is naked and unashamed 
it's seen in the women's dress it is seen in the things they delight in the jokes they laugh at the kind of books they revel in their general attitude towards sexual morality their disregard of religion do you know where eleanor is now sir said ravenscroft suddenly forgive me for asking yes i saw her to-night she shares a flat with another girl she has obtained a situation in the city she earns her own living mark you i admire that and would gladly support her in it but but as to the rest good-night ravenscroft i'll go back now a fine lad reflected the colonel as he made his way homeward it's hit him hard that's plain enough i should have liked him for a son-in-law too and have been proud of him but of course he wouldn't marry eleanor now even if she'd have him i know i wouldn't were i in his place what kind of wife would she make but the tragedy of it all great god the tragedy of it all End of chapter 20